0: I J K ha. Ha. L M N O P
1: Q That's R S T, T
2: U V W. What? V? Why does V have G- such a moment?
1: V is lit. <laughs> I'm a V. It's e, <laughs> horrific. E F G H I J K L M. Oh,
0: that's crazy. Q-R-S-T-U Here we go. V-W-X-Y-Z. Mm.
2: Damn, that V is insane.
1: That's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, that's what 2019 was up to. Um, I'm super close friends with Tim from Wild and Out that you might know. De La Ghetto. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's my guy, man. He's, we don't hang out a lot, but when we do, it's like no time has passed. It's yeah. like I'm picking him up and running around in circles. Yeah. It's crazy.
2: He's the best. And his wife. He's oh, really? Sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. She got mad at us
2: for not
0: washing our faces properly.
2: I know. And now wait, I try. Wait,
1: what's the proper way?
2: Just like a lot.
1: Let me tell you something, you guys. <laughs> I was in a rush this morning, and I was just grabbed a cloth that was in my shower and was wiping my face. And I was like, this has been used. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Rewashing. <laughs> so she'd be hella mad at me. I just use anything.
2: Oh my God. I mean, sometimes I don't wash my face at all, and that is bad.
1: Yeah, but your skin looks fantastic. It can't be that bad. I
2: washed it today.
1: Hilarious. So yesterday it wasn't popping, but today it's wonderful? That's
2: right. Okay. Every day is different.
1: Well, her skin looks phenomenal over there as well.
2: Look at us. Look at that glow. Just how it's this lighting also that's helping us out it, a lot. Is this
1: the God light? Ah. I love it. This is a spectacular light, actually. What is going on? The hula hoop with lights coming out the top?
2: That's <laughs> look like an illuminated hoop. This is a
1: serious podcast studio. Can we
2: just? There's no jokes here. Only only the ones that are recorded. Everything else is very on one.
1: This is serious. I mean, they've insulated one pipe. Like this is the loud one. <laughs> this is the real deal up in here.
2: Oh uh, well, let's get into more jokes. Welcome to another episode of Just a Tip and Advice Podcast. That's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host Megan Batune, and today to help me help you, the beautiful voice you've been hearing for maybe three minutes so far, being already hilarious, we got Nate Jackson in the studio.
1: What up, beautiful people?
2: Oh my god It's a delight You were We were talking about Tim earlier And he was just like He is such a Sweet and funny guy Right and I was like that, Right But it's just so nice That like you can be Sweet and funny That's a lot of times People don't get that
1: I think what's so dope About Tim And I'm talking about De La Ghetto Is that he's just genuine So if he comes off Sweet and funny It is what it is He doesn't care He's just being him Yeah That's dope He
2: said that about you Huh? He said that you were Sweet and funny We're
1: the same <laughs> We're, that's why we. That's why, cause, like, while now, he, he, like, it takes once you've done it. Uh, we do our best to make sure that we always say good stuff because at the end of the day, it was overall a great experience. But it has its moments where it's so competitive, yeah, and it's so like pirate like that. Everyone's like, I gotta get this moment. You know what I mean? Right. But Tim stays grounded and he's like, I'll just do my do me, and and I was the same way. So whatever came my way, came my way. I killed whatever moment I had. Yeah. And that's why we like magnetized towards each other because we saw that, like where we saw all the thirst in other people, we didn't see it in each other.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, so I guess I'm sweet.
2: You And funny. Are you from Los Angeles? No. Where are you from?
1: So I'm from, I'm born and raised in Lacey, Washington, Ooh. which is about an hour south of Seattle, which I have to say is where I'm from when you don't know Washington. State sure. like that, Like, where are you from, Seattle? And they're like, oh, what part? I'm like, oh, okay.
2: You're like, actually, I have not. Yeah,
1: and they're like, oh, that's not Seattle. I know, but, you know.
2: I have a hard drive named Lacey. Get out of here. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, L-A-C-I-E? Yeah. No, well, it's L-A-C-E-Y. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Lacey Musgraves. Till the day I die. No, I'm just playing. We don't gangbang. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you are on Wild well On Now. You are a stand-up comedian. Yeah. You have your own podcast, The yeah. New Jackson Radio Show. I do. But mm-hmm. I like to know my guests a little bit more for, not their accomplishments, but for what they've said on the internet once. Uh-oh. So after a quick internet stalk, I found out that you hate thirst traps on Instagram.
1: <laughs> Just a chuckle. I don't like them.
2: And what? Okay, so what constitutes a thirst trap?
1: Um, a thirst trap is when a male or female uh, do behavior that is to incite response.
2: Okay, so that's not all Instagram posts.
1: Nah, <laughs> because it's a type of response you're looking for.
2: Okay, okay, okay.
1: You're looking for thirst.
2: Mm-hmm. So selfies, thirst traps.
1: No, because certain selfies, fine. Okay. You know the difference. Well,
2: I would love to hear it from you. So if, let's say you hold your camera
1: up and you take a selfie of yourself in a nice sweater, right? Nice <laughs> okay. light. It's a beautiful picture. The sweater pops off your your uh, moisturized skin. That's right. Great picture. You would post that. Lots of likes. I see you doing your thing, girl. Now. You also take another picture where you tug on the sleeve of your sweater until some more shoulder skin is showing. Okay. Turn that so the light hits it and then you take that picture. (laughs) If you're hot, you're hot with the sleeve up or down, right?
2: (laughs) No, I mean like temperature-wise.
1: I'm tired of it. And the other thing is (laughs) everybody has, like, you need to, like, you you know, you're your biggest fan or whatever, so you can post your stuff. Cool. You can even thirst trap a little. My thing is when it is just a diet of thirst trap.
0: Yeah. Cookies
1: are okay, but (laughs) not every meal. Right. Spread them out ladies. <laughs> Please. Before it looks like you're for sale and we don't want that. True. Yeah. Do
2: you ever look at your social media and you're like, oh, this is going to sound crazy, but like trying to figure out who you would think you were based off of what
1: if another person looked at me. Yeah. How they would perceive me. All the time like
2: Right Like do you, do you feel that's like That's why I'm
1: like Can you take that picture again I'm gonna suck in Like I'm so <laughs> I'm so worried about it. You know what I mean And that's not for thirst sake It's because You know A pool bear gut Isn't as attractive Yeah As a flat situation So Yeah no all the time I mean I think that I think that That is our biggest challenge Actually because Unless you have a team Of people around you Making sure that your image Is intact all the time Then mm-hmm. it's on you To be like How, am I, how does this look yeah. There's people so particular. Like, the color scheme of my IG has to all be pinks, siennas, and...
2: Yeah, I think it's they call mauve. it the aesthetic. And, it's, like, it's that's what it's called. Like, TM. It's trademarked almost. Wow. Yeah. It's just, like, I would be so tired. Like, I have been doing this social media thing for so long. to where I'm just tired now. Like, I'll just be... This is the craziest thing. Have you ever, like, taken a photo or signed up for something and it's like, take a profile photo and you always upload one? You're like, oh, this is my, like, go-to photo. Yeah. I just be taking photos direct from Instagram. I don't even take them on my camera roll anymore. Really? Yes.
1: You're like, this will (laughs) work. So all of your social media. Not all of it. So Facebook has a different profile picture than Twitter? Yeah. You're not uniform anywhere? Nope. Okay, so after this, we're going to hang out, and we're going to get your stuff right. Let me tell you what. First of all, not only is it better for the user, and they expect that because everyone's doing it, mm-hmm. but it gives you peace of mind. Like, just get the one picture that's really popping, put it everywhere. so people are like, oh, that's her. Oh, that's her. Oh, that's her. You that's, know what I'm saying?
2: On the, mo- on the majority of my socials, yes, but on Facebook, my picture is covering my face like it's like a photo that someone took while i was at a restaurant and the server was giving like taking a a plate off the table and it's just like me sipping sangria but like the server's arm is in front of my face you can't
1: even see yourself no why
2: (laughs) i just thought it was funny
1: that is funny I don't know I don't know why it is this way, but like a long time ago, there was this OG comedian that was like, don't you ever cover your face. Really? Yeah, there was like a flyer I had made and it said like Nate Jackson or uh-huh. everybody on the flyer, like their name kind of came like right by their chin. And he called me and was like, nah, don't never cover no one's face. It's uh-huh. how we make all our money. Oh, I was like, Ooh. I mean,
2: that's really true. But to hear it so sternly.
1: Yeah. And I was like, OK, cool. And I moved it down like 10 pixels and everybody was happy. But I was <laughs> like, dang, I was about to break a law. Damn. It's the reason why, like, we don't know football players. Yeah. For every team with mm-hmm. like 52 dudes on a roster, we might know four or five by face. Right. Right. But basketball teams got five dudes on the court, and yeah. we know all of them by face. That's so true. That's why football players are always trying to take their helmet off so you can see them.
2: Oh my god! Right? Damn! It's your face. That that's your face. And you have got
1: you, and you got a good face. You got a good face. You show it. that thing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'll show it everyone. Not on Facebook. <laughs> I just,
1: I like, it's called Facebook. You're right.
2: Actually, I
1: have, <laughs> I have broken the law. Right? Yeah. It's not waiter's arm book. <laughs> show that face.
2: Have you learned anything else from anyone around you, whether it was other comedians or something like that, that's similar to the "never cover your face" rule? Uh, dope.
1: Segway a dope. Segue alert. dope segue. Yes. And so I had the like, I had the the email dope before. But segue but I, alert. I, I want to stay dope. loose. Like I saw the email, I was like, she's gonna ask me this and that and this and this, and I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna just go in and and riff. Um, this is me buying time to give you a good answer. Um, any other advice that I had gotten from somebody? Um.
2: Cause that was like really impactful. If someone said that to me, comics, I would remember.
1: Like, for sure. Don't
2: cover your face.
1: Yeah. Super simple. So, um, I got this book a long time ago called the comedy Bible. Okay. Have you heard of this?
2: Uh, no, I have heard of the, the hack handbook.
1: Is that for Russians?
2: Yeah, just escape rooms and and (laughs) amateur comics.
1: It was like it was only three
2: pages long. It was not a book.
1: Okay, well, this is like a this is like a real book. Like this thing is like maybe three hundred and fifty pages or something like fat. This lady named Judy Carter. Yeah, but it's like it's like full of. Knowledge and you know even like how to write jokes, then how to find open mics and how to get paid on shows, how to travel, how to build a tour, how to find an agent, how to nice. like, and that's like six of the chapters out of twenty nine. Like it's a very very in depth, wonderful look at the business of comedy and how to go from working at Ralph's to being Ralphie May, mm-hmm. right? Nice and um. You know, let's take a second and just reflect on actually how dope that was. Go from working at Ralph to being I, Ralphie. Man. That's I know not, that I didn't it was have dope. That. I didn't have that when I came in here. <laughs> that just popped into, look at, look at that. Look at life. That's the head gum. <laughs> That's something you can chew on with your mind. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so I found it such a dope resource that I've revisited it over the years mm-hmm. and it's had a different impact each time because I'm at a different level in my career when I revisited it, right. right? And so when people ask me, which I get all the time, hey, I'm you know, I'm thinking about doing comedy, what should I do? You know, I say you should get The Comedy Bible by Judy Carter. Cool. She's not paying me to say that. <laughs> It's just that dope of a resource. And that's the most annoying question. So that's right. an easy answer to give someone. You know what I mean?
2: It's just like everything is so individual that there's no one size fits all for anything. Right. It's. I mean, that's why an advice podcast is so hilarious because <laughs> everyone's different. And what you True. would do is going to be so different than what I would do.
1: Right. But like I wrote a book myself too, right? Like it's. It's my book is specifically about how to promote a a one-nighter. For comedy. Okay, yeah. Right? Like, which can financially and reputation-wise change a young comedian's life. Mm -hmm. Any comedian, really. The most successful nights in the country are these one-nighters. They're in clubs. Right. So uh, I say in the foreword kind of, you're all going to take what I say the way you want to receive it. I can't control that. And I cannot guarantee success Mm -hmm. and just apply as much of this as you can to how your recipe works. Yeah. That makes sense?
2: How, okay, let's just not gloss over the fact that you wrote a book. How long did that take? Congratulations.
1: Uh, Thank you. It took uh, a round-trip international flight and then another, like, two months.
2: Okay. But Uh, I got the bulk
1: of it done on... Uh, flight. I, I think it was like an eighteen-hour flight or something, and I stayed up the whole time and wrote, and then the wow. same thing back. So I had put thirty-six hours, like straight, into this thing. And once I had, once you have the structure of it, and you're just filling it in, like it was, it was just. F- Flying from my brain, like I couldn't keep up. I was I, there was so much information. I was just pecking away, you know. Then when wow. I wasn't typing, I was writing, like because I just decided I'm going to give the entire game up of every single aspect of promoting a night of comedy that I can. Yeah. And so I had some history and promotions and party promoting things like that. So like I've taken sopped up some of the stuff from that side of the game. Like this can apply best for comedy and yeah, and how to go from literally having like you can throw. You can throw a show that makes you five thousand dollars, makes you live that everyone's paid, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. And what you put up based on the, the timeline of what you need to pay for, you can do it all with ten dollars.
2: Whoa.
1: You do it all with ten dollars. You know what wow. I'm saying? Like, cause I'll teach you like this is what a flyer should look like. So here's the apps to do it for free. Sure. You did that for free. Right. Right? You got some tickets, you put them on sale, you order pre-sale tickets, they're 10 cents a ticket, so now you got 100 tickets, you sell those, you sell 100 of those at $20, now you've made mm-hmm. some real money, right? Yeah, 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 So, you got 100 tickets at $20, you got $2,000, now you can buy flights, now you can buy hotel reservations, now you can buy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All based off your flyer and how far out, and so I teach that. It's I don't, I don't literally teach a person how to do that because, again- People are gonna receive it however, but it's glossary style. So it's in alphabetical order. If you have a question pertaining to um an alcohol deal, that would be an A. If you have one in bartering, it would be in B. Like mm-hmm. I just made it so that it was a resource.
2: That's so cool.
1: Right. So that's why it was so easy to write, because I would think of something, oh, um, you know, ticking. And then I'll just go straight to T and be like, and got it, got pair. it, got it. So I'm not like most of, the, most of the challenge for an author would be writing this thing that chronologically goes from a beginning, middle, and the end. And all. I was just like, no, nah, here's the information.
2: <laughs> yeah. You
1: feel me? So it made it easy.
2: Oh, that's sick. What's it called? Where can people find it?
1: Well, it's called Sold Out, the ABCs of a Successful Comedy Room. And I don't even know if the site is still up.
2: I love that. That just sounds DM so DM me,
1: dope. I guess, <laughs> and I'll give you the link directly to it. But it's like, uh, I think it's like 140 pages or something like that. And it comes with... There's some videos and stuff I made to support it, and I interviewed, like, Faze on Love and some other big comics and talked to him about sick. it. Sick. And then I just kind of, like, stopped because it was, like, I had this room in Washington State that was so successful, but nobody respected Washington State. Mm. But now that I'm opening this comedy club, yeah. they're going back to be like, wait, what did he do? Cool. So now it's cool new information.
2: Oh, that's so sick. All right. Well, this is not a—, a- Dope segue alert, but before we get <laughs> too far into all of this, because I definitely want to learn so much from you, I want to learn a little bit more about you okay. before learning from you. This is a game I call Bursa Firsts. It's one round of rapid fire questions, everything from your first job to the first time you cried in public, etc. Mm. Whenever I yell stop, you have to either explain, elaborate, or tell the full story.
1: And you don't think that was a dope segue? <gasps> Got it. Before I learn from you, I want to learn about you.
2: And I didn't walk in with that. <laughs> hey, okay. <yo. laughs> Here we go. What was your first job?
1: Uh, I sold uh, candy. I sold king size candy bars and candies next to the vending machine for less than the regular size ones <laughs>
2: at the school. What grade was this?
1: Uh, I was in, I was a freshman.
2: Nice, a hustler. First cell phone,
1: uh, LG flip phone, old school T nine texting.
2: First pet,
1: a, my own personal pet, a chocolate lab that I named Tag.
2: Oh, first kiss location,
1: on my lips. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know where I was.
2: <laughs> first major purchase,
1: uh. I bought a Super Nintendo gaming system with my own money. Yeah. And I thought that that was the bee's knees.
2: That that was the bee's knees. First choice in a karaoke book?
1: Uh, Cisco Incomplete. (laughs)
2: Love that. First internet screen name?
1: Uh, Mr. Nate Jackson.
2: Oh, nice.
1: I never... I think at one point maybe I had Funny Boy Nate Jackson, but that was an email.
2: (laughs) Of course, of course, of course. First thing you think when someone doesn't answer the phone. She's dead. First celebrity crush.
1: Sinai Lathan, and that is intact.
2: First concert.
1: The OJs.
2: First scar.
1: Ah, uh, right here under my right eye.
2: Okay, we're going to stop here because it <laughs> looks like you want to tell me.
1: Well, I was like, I, she's going to stop me if I, anyway. <laughs> Um, I do want to know. So, just tell you more about the scar.
2: Yeah, how'd you get it? Where were you? What were you thinking?
1: Okay, so the house at my fam, our forever home, we like built, but we moved into it when we were nine, uh, when I was nine, excuse me. And there was a lot of people that helped us at to build it, like the the, the staff, the workers, or whatever. And there was a there was a kid named Ricardo and he was uh his dad was like one of the workers but me and Ricardo got like to kick it like they were like just the kids just get out the way like we're building the whole foundation of this home over here mm-hmm. and so me and Ricardo would always be running around and playing whatever and so we were playing uh tag or something okay. in in like these these woods but it wasn't like a full-ass full forest it was just like just a little wooded area like you could see us you know what i mean okay. and so um, and you can see all the way through to the neighbor's property. So it's not like we were, like, in so like Shyamalan. Yeah. No, this wasn't, like, a haunted, like, we're running through the woods. and uh, No. Anyway, so there was a stick laying, um, I guess you would say, like, a, it was a stick laying there uh, from left to right, essentially. And then there was another stick laying across it. And it was set up in a way that the, a third stick laying on the end of the other one, when I stepped on it, it, like, oh. catapulted it up. And so it hit me right under the eye and made like a one inch
2: Oh my god
1: scar on my face. And so I came out of the woods holding my whole eye <laughs> and my mom was like, My baby eyeball and fell out and I showed her and there's blood on my hands. Like, Oh my god And then once we realized like, Oh, it's just it was so insignificant, in fact, once we cleaned it and saw it. Oh, okay. Right. Like it didn't need stitches. Oh. Um, but it was like scary because it was like, you know, an eye injury. Oh I think God. it's on the other cheek. I've been holding my right <laughs> cheek this whole time. I think it's actually on the left. That's how insignificant it was.
2: <laughs> I love
1: it. Okay. Shout out to Ricardo, wherever you are.
2: Well, Aww. When's that time you talked to him?
1: After the house got built? <laughs> they were like, <laughs> like Andale!
2: Everybody was gone. He's I'm like, like what, what, what happened? First Show you binge watched.
0: Mmm.
1: SWAT cats.
2: SWAT cats.
1: As a kid. As an adult breaking bad.
2: What's SWAT cats?
1: Okay, so SWAT cats, is that a stop? Are we stopped? I
2: think it will be a stop, actually. Okay, so
1: SWAT cats was a cartoon where there's this like, skinny cat and this chubby cat, and they are mechanics. And Mechatics. There you go, and they're also um, they're also superheroes, basically. Like so that so like they'll be fixing like this raggedy truck, and then like they'll get an alert, and they go into the bottom of their mechanic thing, and they leave in like a F fourteen jet, SWAT cats, and they go save the world.
2: I've never heard of this before.
1: I couldn't stop watching it. Wow. Yeah, it okay. was the first by day you did something, and then by night you did something else.
2: Right, me. right, right. For me.
1: <laughs> yeah, they should remake SWAT Cats.
2: How—is it, like, a 90s show?
1: It was just a cartoon. I, I, yeah, I think so.
2: Mm. Oh, it okay. came
1: on, like, in a—there in a, was, like, 15 cartoons that would come on in a certain order. Yeah. And Swat Cats came on pretty early because as a kid, I could only watch one-hour cartoons on Saturday mornings. So that's the one I chose.
2: Oh, that's so cool that you had, like, a routine. Yeah. Do you watch cartoons ever now?
1: Of course. When you get limited like that, you're like, all I watch is cartoons. <laughs> My dad was just like, I don't want you watching all that stuff. Yeah, it's go outside and play. best. But I would wake up at like five in the morning and be like, can I go watch my hour? Because I knew there's no way he's going to wake up at six to stop me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would
1: get like four shows in before he'd come down.
2: Nice. You know, turn it off. Hacking the system. Hacking it. <laughs> okay, last two. First excuse you make when trying to cancel plans.
1: Uh, I don't. I mean, I just, I'm honest. That's so Good. Yeah, I'm just people like, i People should be
2: more like you, people being me.
1: <laughs> first
2: time you cried in public. This is our last first.
1: I uh, haven't.
2: You've never cried in public? I don't think so. Okay, I will absolutely stop here.
1: I just haven't.
2: Do you, uh, uh, what? But- Oh, my God. Are you one
1: of those girls that picks movies to have a good cry? Of
0: course. Okay.
1: I just came across this, like, two weeks ago. My homegirl, Sue Kim, in Washington State, and her friend, Candace, they do this. Like, they go and pick movies to make sure that they cry. Yes. Oh, it's a Jerry Maguire (laughs) night. Like, they know what's (laughs) going to jam them up. That's right. Okay. So, the only time I've cried—now, let's say in public, but I wasn't, like, in public view, like, in a movie theater or something. Yeah. Every time— this particular type of moment happens in a movie. It gets me. I might not cry, but I'm like, oh. They tried. What is it? Tell me. It's when the underdog finally <sighs> overcomes. Oh. And I don't. I know it's coming. It's like the goofy player that like they show the montage of his skills getting better, and then here comes the slow motion hail mary. Like I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And as soon as it hits their their grasp, I'm like, oh, they tried to get me. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: tried to but get me. But it's pitch
1: dark, so I'm like, oh, no, I didn't cry. We're good. Ah, oh, fuck you that. <laughs>
2: Uh, I I think for me, it's when there's a father-daughter moment, like an interstellar. Like, that was a Mm. whole thing. Um, Marriage Story, did you see that movie? No. That one. Do you have a dad? mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and your relationship is so strong that anything similar to it jams you up?
2: I think it's not not strong. So that when when I see something be really strong, it's like, oh, wow, that would be so nice. (laughs)
1: So you, you cry over the hypothetical situation.
2: I cry over every hypothetical situation, So mate. you
1: cry over better dads. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah,
2: that's why Will Smith is hard for me.
1: <laughs> right? He is unreal. He's- like, gee, they should just rename Father's Day to Will Smith Day. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. even have kids, and I'm like, come on. He's... When did he have time to go?
2: How does he do it?
1: How? Like he travels the entire world with each child separately right. <laughs> in the middle of doing four feature films at once? Right. Bruh. They I don't understand it out. Will Smith. Me neither. Mm-mm. And then he learns his son's song and then does a remix on his own. Like, and then when? he's
2: cool. He's I, still like hip.
1: My theory is there's two wheels. <gasps> Like Ashley and Kate Olson or whatever, but they never I love Ashley have released, and Kate
2: Olson. Yeah,
1: was it Mary Kate or whatever? That's right. Yeah, so they made the whole full house off of one roll. Right. Yes. That they would switch the babies out based on their temperament. And I think there's two wills. That would be so cool. Right. And that's why I think one does like more corny like stuff than the other one. Like one <laughs> is the freestyle rapper that gets on his son's song without permission. Right. And does the, the 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 shiggy dance on top of a bridge I in like Prague. I like that will Smith. Well, of course we all do. And then the other one, you know, and that one does bad boys and stuff. And then the other one is like on Red Table talking about how he uh, hit Jada with a newspaper. Like, that's a whole nother will. <laughs> that's
2: a whole nother will.
1: Interesting. Um, speaking
2: of, of different wills, do you have a will? Like, like when, when you I die? When I pass away?
1: And you really don't think you're the queen of segways? <laughs> Are you I, kidding me? Oh, thank you. Keyword pivot. I don't have a will.
2: I don't either. No. Nah, when do you think you'll write one?
1: Probably after this <laughs> because <laughs> I hadn't thought about doing one before now.
2: I haven't either. No,
1: I, I don't have a will. But I do, um, I have I have life insurance. You do? Uh-huh. How is that? I had to get it. What do you mean? So I'm opening a comedy club in Washington State and they're like, you have to have life insurance.
2: Oh, No. I think that's good. I mean, it is good, but like, you know because saying? if like somebody is crazy?
1: I don't know, but I feel like if something happened to me, the value of the club skyrockets, just like every other person who passed away's record sales or whatever. Right. I'm not encouraging that something happens to me by any means, but I just, I found that basically they do this, it's a normal practice. Like, say it's a, a dentist office, mm-hmm. and the dentist is the one doing primarily most of the work or whatever, so they would have that dentist get like this kind of life insurance and injury insurance that way if they right. say they go on a motorcycle and they hurt their hands and they can no longer do dentistry work mm-hmm. well they still got bills to pay totally and so that insurance would kick in and cover and so that's essentially what I had got to get it. but I hadn't thought about anything like that before this right yeah
2: I've never heard really too much of life insurance except for as a retirement plan like a supplemental retirement plan
1: right so you cause you are around very very rich white people am I? you must be if you've heard it that way <laughs> Because black people, we'd be like, well, I ain't going to never die. Let me go get some Popeye's. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous what we do to ourselves health-wise and expect to live forever. But, like, using life insurance as a, a savings method yeah. is, like, that's like a, a, a rich white. Is it? Yeah, it's like a white-collar way of uh, oh, saving have money. Oh, I had no
2: idea. Yeah, because it
1: cruise much faster. Yeah. And, <clears throat> matter of fact, billionaires and millionaires were... were Getting multiple life pol- life insurance policies on themselves, mm-hmm. and then when they would mature, like you know, they hit their ten year mark or whatever, they would cash them out. Mm-hmm. And so it, they did it so much that the government added some type of subsidiary, something to it, to where it like made it so like, oh, it's not, it's, it's not,
0: not like popping anymore. Bo- oh,
1: it's not popping.
2: Yeah. Oh, that when you got so sixty sad.
1: life insurance outs on you, you know,
2: right? Yeah. Well, damn.
1: But I have life insurance. I do need to make a will. I don't know. I don't have kids, so I don't know who I would leave things to. Yeah. I feel Like your parents take over, right?
2: I would give everything to my parents.
1: Yeah, that's fine with me.
2: <laughs> it's fine with you that I give everything to my parents?
1: I mean, that works for both of us, is what I'm saying.
2: I think this I don't
1: is... know if you should give it to your dad based on <laughs> what you just said. You might want to find a better dad to give it to. Maybe give it to Will Smith.
2: Oh, I would give anything to Will Smith. One time I wrote... This is not a Will Smith-related uh, thing, but just like celebrities in general. Uh-huh. I one time wrote a birthday card to Justin Timberlake and... My mom got really mad that I wanted to send it. And I didn't know why she got mad.
1: Did you read it?
2: Well, it was probably like, hey, Justin, hope, have hope Yeah,
1: but have you gone back and read what you wrote?
2: No, of course not.
1: Because maybe your mom read it and was like, absolutely.
2: <laughs> like, not. I'm the first Stan. How old were you? Like 12.
1: And he was grown?
2: Of course. He was in sync prime.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd have been mad too. What? Like the little boys at school Stop trying to be That is true I mean yeah, older you trying to get abducted <laughs> Go down there and, and play tetherball I don't need you writing love letters to <laughs> You know what I mean
2: I always liked an, an older guy I remember when I was I think 14 I was I liked a 17 year old Who was trying to give me guitar lessons And my but, mom was why? not okay. Why did I like him
1: yeah, your mom spent her whole life trying to slow you down. That's true. So you also were the little girl. I'm just guessing that you had posters on your ceiling or and or your walls.
2: Uh, I don't think I had posters because we didn't. Well, mm, no. I just, I made my posters out of uh, little shards of magazine paper.
1: Oh, you hodgepodge your. Uh, That's right. And like you would, who would who was your.
2: I remember having. Go to. Well, it was like a band. I was like a little emo kid. Okay. So I remember getting like when you buy a full length mirror, it comes with that cardboard backing to make sure the glass doesn't break yes so i took that and put it horizontally and i ripped up a bunch of magazine pages like colorful ones and then in the negative space i wrote out this band's name called sugar cult and then the on the outsides i pasted all of the little mosaics so that it said sugar cult wow i didn't really have a lot of money but i had a lot of craftiness
1: why did you like sugar Colt?
2: um i don't know were they, they hot they were just, like—they weren't so angsty as all the other emo bands, which I love angst. But they were just like, here's some rock music, and, like, it's loud. And Got that's it. that's what I liked about right They then. just did
1: their thing, said it, forget it, and you fell in love with
2: it. <laughs> yeah. I like people that are straight to the point.
1: So then how does Timberlake become somebody who you want?
2: I don't know. Maybe it's because I could never have him.
1: It's not too late. <laughs> you ever been to Memphis?
2: <gasps> I haven't.
1: Well, listen, for your listeners that are in Memphis— Six degrees of separation. Somebody knows Justin personally. Or you know his cousin. Or you know, he probably has an ugly brother that nobody gets any pictures of.
2: And I'm in.
1: For the ugly brother?
2: Sure, I'm in for anyone at this point, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, please. <laughs> um, Maybe
1: you should post a couple thirst traps.
2: Uh-oh. Hey. But then people like you are going to hate me.
1: Nah, a couple is, is a good
2: I don't think I've ever posted a thirst trap.
1: Well, after this, we'll go outside, pull the sleeve down a little bit on your sweater, put you in the right light, show some skin, and see what happens.
2: And see what happens. Sometimes I I was thinking about one time doing an experiment where I created an Instagram account from zero okay. and just saw how fast I could grow by being the worst person on the internet. Like, not the, the worst, like Donald Trump, but like the worst in, like— I'm just showing my my body off and being like, but that's so not me. What's the sound? (laughs) It's like if the Pillsbury Doughboy was getting murdered. Like it's just like
1: like if you poked him in the butt and not the stomach. (laughs) I think that um it would grow pretty fast. I think you'd be surprised. I
2: I just like I want to do it as. Like a stick it to be the mad. man, but yeah, but the, I think I'll be just when so that mad. one passes,
1: the one where you've been
2: just myself, a
1: good person. <laughs> yeah, you will be like, God, America. It's
2: like just like prove a point that I don't think I want to be proven.
1: I mean, it's uh, how about have you watched? Have you been keeping up with the Kardashians? <laughs> You don't have to run this experiment in your own life. Just turn on TV.
2: Oh, just turn on TV. All right. Before we get too sad, we'll take a break while you can find extra piece of advice that Nate gives us on at Just a Tip Podcast on Instagram. And we will be right back in a less sad mood.
0: I'm not sad. Me neither. Cool. (laughs) Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Ready to come back?
1: Yeah, I didn't go nowhere.
2: <laughs> Please, let's keep that. <laughs> and we're back. Before we get into act number two, I want to know what you are obsessed with right now. If anything, anything that like came into your life and you need everyone to know about it because your life is better now.
1: <sighs> no. Nothing. I'm not obsessing over anything.
2: Do you obsess over anything ever?
1: The last thing that I was like... No, I'm going to be honest with you. I get fully immersed in things. I like to learn a new thing, tinker, tinker, tinker. Me too. So, like, the last two obsessions that I had, I I would say uh, one was uh, I bought a new record player and I was buying vinyls. Uh Uh-huh. And then the other one was uh, Fortnite. And uh, I hit the road for, like, 28 days straight, and I was away from my Xbox and my record player. And so I I (laughs) kind of, like, nipped those in the bud
2: So you're like whole hog and then no hog.
1: Okay, so here's something I'm doing right now. Uh What did, what I did no meat November. (gasps) How was it? Uh, My blood pressure went down and I lost a little bit of weight. Cool. And so, but I learned a lot about myself in regards to, like, there's a lot of people that don't realize, you know, you can get full eating what you don't have a taste for.
2: Right. Right.
1: You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, no, I have a taste for, I have a taste for And then they go get that and they overeat on that. Well, I had to learn like, okay, well, I can just get full on broccoli and yeah. I'll be good. Or I can just, you know what I mean? Right. Not that I'm eating only broccoli. It was just my example.
2: <laughs> but You're then, a um, monster. Right?
1: <laughs> so then, uh, so no meat, November. And then um, I'm adding like shrimp and fish now. Yum. Oh
2: my God. I'm mm-hmm. starving.
1: But I'm, I've been losing a bunch of weight that way, but I'm not weighing myself. But like what'll happen is since I was gone the 25 days and came back, like this morning I saw my homeboy and he was like, yo, you're losing weight. Cool. And I'm like, that's yeah. always really nice when
2: other people, because like you see your body every day. You can't really see these small changes. So the when, worst else- is when
1: you can see it, but nobody else can. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, Seriously. There's a new app, like a thing. <laughs> I see it. There's a dimple. And anything that goes in on a we chubby got person. We, we, right. We gotta we gotta uh, it's not a have yet, but we gotta uh, You know what I'm saying? And then people you're like, Do you see that? And they're like, nah, you gotta keep come on, bro. Uh, yeah. Give me the credit for it. I think there's a conspiracy. People are like, we're not making fat people feel good.
2: Oh my god.
1: They give you nothing.
2: <laughs> we give you nothing. How about helping someone else? What do you say?
1: I'm big on that.
2: Oh, that's great. Because Here's someone in need of help. Hi, Megan. I'm calling in because I realized I'm really bad at small talk and I just feel really awkward meeting new people because of that. Um, And I think it's because I try too hard to be funny and it's like just it's not super natural for me. So do you have any advice on how to be funnier or at least better ways
0: to start and continue a conversation? Thanks. Thanks. From humorless human.
2: <gasps> That's a good anonymous name, but th- I, wow! I think those are two so very different things. Like, I only heard h- one. How to be funnier?
1: Oh, I get what you're saying. How to small talk, and then how to be funnier?
2: Oh yeah. Well, uh, I guess those two things then. Yeah, two things. Yeah, I think how to be funnier and then like starting and continuing a conversation so different.
1: I think they're similar though.
2: <laughs> I think they are too, but I think that. Not everyone needs to be funny.
1: Where is that person from? That sounded so good.
2: Like the quality of it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Are they just talking to their iPhones and sending them voice notes?
2: I just turn around. They're in the back of my chair that this is whole incredible. time.
1: That is You're like, it was me holding my nostrils. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a, it, maybe it was a voice note. Hey, technology, what up? Yo. But I think that in my experience, whenever I try too hard to be funny, when I try to be funny at all, I'm not. Like it's bad. I remember taking. I've mentioned this before. I took. I accidentally took a stand-up class, and oh yeah, uh oh. But I, I thought it was going to be a different class, and so I took it to to help with this podcast, actually. But then I didn't realize it was a stand-up class, and then I just decided to continue with the course. It was like eight eight weeks or something like that five weeks um, but every time that I had something pre-written I just it would never get a laugh and like whenever I, I did one open mind and every joke that I wrote except for like the the first one was like crickets but then in between the jokes I would just be myself and that would get the laugh and I was like I want to pull my hair out so it's like in conversation I mean you do this professionally so of course like you write and you, you improv at the same time and like you're great at it and you're naturally funny but for people that aren't naturally funny how like do you think that everyone needs to be funny in conversation no I think that when people put too much pressure on themselves to be funny to be liked then you're I think when you're trying too hard to do anything it's you're pushing too much
1: I don't know I feel like if I was doing a free solo climb no matter how hard I tried it's acceptable Yeah. Give your all. All the time. But this is the thing. Nobody wants to try hard in conversation, right?
2: But yeah. But
1: nobody would notice if you tried hard at certain elements of conversation. Such as? Okay, so my advice for this person
0: Mm -hmm.
1: is conversation is a dialogue, right? So there's a part where you're putting out information, and there's a part where you're receiving it. I think if you put more emphasis on the part where you're receiving the information, i.e. listening better, being more present— that your small talk would be doper because then it won't feel like it's all being thrown away. Mm-hmm. When you say, how are your kids and how's, how's your family? Listen, because then you can respond versus having it in a can already mm-hmm. and being like, and whatever you come loaded with already, it may not fit the scenario. But if you listen, yeah. then you just have the regular conversation. And now you've made eye contact, you've channeled better with the person, and the ice is broken.
2: How do you break the ice initially? I
1: mean, look a person in their eye mm-hmm. and speak. But, uh, <laughs>
2: and speak. You know. But what do you say? What do you? How do you start a, a conversation with a stranger if you're just a nervous person in general?
1: I don't know. And I try not to give advice where I—because this is the thing. I've lived my life a certain way. Like, I am a alpha, Leo, Jackson male, and— to give advice to a beta right uh Sagittarius uh female or whatever yeah if they take that advice it's going to be like a complete switch now That's what happens true. when so now you've done it and it worked now you're like oh my god mm-hmm. what, what what do i do next yeah now you're now you're in my DMs okay so it worked <laughs> now what like now so i think you just i think the advice i can give is listen and that's, that's n- normally what they teach you in acting. When you're learning how to act, mm-hmm. you're listening. Totally. And even in stand-up, even though you're doing all that talking and putting out content to an audience for an hour when you headline like like I do, a lot of listening is ta- happening because how do you know the cadence at which they're ready for the next bits if you're not listening for when the laughs are or, or what topics are getting the strongest laughs because then you can, like, stay in that and ring it out and really get it. And so... For you, where you had the one experience with the open mic, what you went through was the difference between preparation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and preparation, still, I guess you would call it. Like, you wrote jokes and you prepared for the show for eight weeks max, right? Because you said the class was six to eight weeks. Yeah. But you've been you for years and years right. and years, probably 22 years you've been you, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, thank you. Thank you they went up there with eight weeks of material, and that stuff wasn't working. But every time you gave them the 22 years of you, it, they laughed. Right. So, the key is to present the eight weeks of material with the voice of 22 years of you. Mm. And that's when you have found your voice. A comic who has their voice can read a newspaper article, think of something funny, and they think of the way to present it to an audience and say it. Right. And it's not like, oh, I'm throwing this against the wall. It's like, that was hysterical. Yeah. Like D.L. Hughley may tweak a word or two, but his voice is already, it's already a fine-tuned factory of creating humor that fits his voice, and, and then the audience receives it. and then he listens, and then he delivers his stuff. So I think when you do your next uh, open mic...
2: Well, let's not go that far.
1: <laughs> I don't see why not. You need... A Boo, he's probably going to go to a show. So let's get you out of the house and laughing and and telling jokes. But for those who are listening who are like, oh, I had that same thing or whatever, it's like that's that's the bridge you need to cross. You need to cross the bridge for your material to go from just like how you wrote it or how you told yourself in the car Mm -hmm. to it seems like you've been saying it for a long time. Yeah. Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely. And
1: I learned that from watching Chris Spencer work. Okay. And so Chris Spencer is like Mr. Hollywood. Like, there's no production in Hollywood that's, like, that uh, is is black that he doesn't have— it seems like that he doesn't have something to do with. He's either the host or the writer's room or a producer or somebody ran it by him or he consulted it. And it's been like that for years. And when Chris performs, if you've never seen him before, you're like, that dude just went up with no set list. Mm. Like, he didn't know what he was going to talk about. Right. Then you go to another show, and you're like— God, it still feels like that. Then you go to another show and you're like, oh, he's working. He's he has a toolbox of jokes. Okay. And then he'll pull out that tool to tweak that. And he'll take out this wrench of a joke and he'll wrench that. And if they like that, then he just stays on the wrench. Mm. Thank you, good night. And you're like, that killed. Right. And so it's a whole nother form of doing stand-up that it is an ebb and a flow and a listening and a balance. Then most acts where, like, you see a person with five jokes on a napkin, like, I'm going to tell these no matter how they receive them. Right. Nah, Chris is like—and so I I saw this, I don't know, 15 years ago. I was like, I'm definitely changing my approach to stand-up. And I, and I have. That's so— And that's so, essentially what I'll get. I'll know what so I'm going to start with. And I'll have an idea of what I want to end with. Mm-hmm. And I will segue us all the way to where they're ready for what I intended to tell. Yeah. That so is I so, so that's cool. The, I hope that helps the person.
2: I mean, I think this will help anyone. That's I, that's so smart. Like, I've when did you, I guess, find your voice to to merge all of the things that you wanted to talk about? If you had a toolbox of jokes, like how when did you feel like it all kind of clicked for you? If it if there was a moment,
1: no, there was. I had to have my montage moment. You know how like when you watch a movie and there's a ragtag team of I rascals. Love it. <laughs> And then I they love have the this, moment. right? And they montage. You see them getting better and better and winning games. And then they're like now they're in the they're in the, the championship game to possibly win it all. Well, I had to have my moment, and so I was the ragtag rascal when I first moved to L.A. And then I moved back to Seattle. And then I saved a bunch of money by producing shows, hence the knowledge to write the book. And then I moved back. But what I did in that time was I applied a lot of the stuff that I saw and learned in the first trip to L.A. Mm-hmm. And Seattle is out of the public—it's out of the view. It's out of the—you know what I mean? There's not 50 comics in the room watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was able to say, all right, I'm going to go on stage with no set list deliberately. Yeah. Hosting. And then just, like, make fun of the surroundings. Make fun of something that's going on. Tell a story about that day. And you start to—you start to f- channel it. It yeah. starts to grow in you. you it's, it's just like—it's it's organic for it to grow. Some people, it takes five years of that. Some people, it takes five months of that. But I got to where I was going on stage with nothing and walking off victorious from five minute, 10 minute, seven minute, you know, 20 minute sets. Yeah. And I mean, at one point I did an hour where I just riffed and just ripped off the room and talked to like each person and we had crowd work and then there was callbacks and then. And and then told stories based on what they were telling me. And so it was like a wonderful, people were just like, I, I feel like that was a completely custom-made performance for me. Yeah. You can't do all of your comedy like that because if you're going to do a tape and they're like, we need to know what you're going to talk about. You're like, hell, I don't know. Just call me out. That's never going to work. <laughs> yeah. But I had to go back to Washington, essentially the dojo, and do it. Mm-hmm. And now I do what is like, I think, uh, you know, I don't think anything's perfect, but I do a great blend of both. Yeah, of having a prepared set list, but also willing to segue completely off.
2: That's so smart.
1: For who knows how long, and then pop back into set if I need to. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? And I think that I think if more comics were willing to do that, or if they came up that way, like riffing and being sharp like that, I think that all the comedy would be better.
2: I agree. It's also like not selfish. Like if you you go on stage and you are listening Mm. and you're giving the – it's almost like audience first. Mm -hmm. You're thinking of like how can I make this about them and have them receive you in a way that is like respectful and you guys are doing it together. I mean that's like there's – Terrible improv out in the world, but like the one good thing about improv, not the one good thing. There's a lot of good things right. about improv, but like that show can't exist without the audience. And it's the same with anything, with, right. with stand-up, with podcasts, with videos. Mm-hmm. It's It won't wouldn't exist without the audience. So make them a part of it. Mm-hmm. Include them.
1: I mean, they're a part of it regardless. So I'm not necessarily saying I'm looking for feedback from like hecklers or anything like that. Well, but yeah. <laughs> if you just watch what they laugh at the hardest, like you can tell when a crowd is like, oh, they like sex jokes. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. can watch the other comics before. You're like, oh, they like they they like the clever stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, they like a good story. Just pay attention to the show. And if you're first, just kind of put out a bit. So you got one bit that's one way, a second bit that's a different way, and the third one is one way. If they're crack, like, dying off the second one, you don't get to the third one. You just stay in the vein of how the second one was. Yeah. And I got it now to where I can tell the same joke different ways to to reach oh, that. Oh,
2: fun. But—
1: you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm the sensei of this, but listening matters.
2: Totally. In
1: regular conversation and listening to the crowd, there's nothing worse than a comic who has great material but doesn't slow down to listen, like, to know the right pacing of it. Yeah. Either too slow or too fast or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's Goldilocks. You got to find that right the, yeah. right, the right, the right place to lay down <laughs> your punchline.
2: <laughs> totally. I think that's such good advice for everyone. I mean, I, I think we helped humorless human. Well, we didn't. We didn't touch on one thing. We we talked about starting and continuing conversation, mm-hmm. but this is probably like the craziest question I think. Uh, but maybe not to you. But advice on how to be funnier. Like I don't, I don't know if I could say anything except for try not to be funny in my experience. But mm-hmm. for you, when you're like go all the way. What's I guess. What would you say to a question like that?
1: It's hard to call because I don't know the specific scenario that they're talking about. I'm imagining she's at a housewarming type of party and standing next to the punch and there's a guy standing there. And sure. She moseys over kind of shoulder to shoulder and there's an opportunity for a line to be given. Mm-hmm. And I think listening takes the form of, you know, people watching, like take in the environment, take in the room, take in what was just heard and comment on that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: mean? It, but like, boy this punch could use a little kick huh <laughs> now you're in it you know? now you're in right and they could backfire they're like uh i've been clean and sober for 25 years you're like you're like oh jesus christ oh that's cool <laughs> i got coins in my pocket too like just keep it going you know what i mean
2: but how can someone do that if they're i guess like humorless. not comfortable <laughs> right what'd you say they're humorless like you're their right. name <laughs> but i mean like i've seen it's also in like dating apps when people are trying so hard Mm. in banter and it's not working out. It's like, not everyone has to be funny. Like, is there a point where, where honesty is better than humor?
1: I think the best humor comes from honesty. I agree. To be honest with you. So I, I, uh, I don't know if that's a choice. I think that's a, that's a both, but I think for a humorless human, it's going to be tough regardless, but there's all types of different comedy. So your audience matters. You know what I mean? Get your niche. It, maybe that housewarming isn't where you need to be. Maybe you need to be at Dungeons and Dragons mm. hanging out with people where it's a little drier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah, but um, just keep taking a crack at it like and then if and let's just say you're so bad at it that listening and people watching and calming on none of that's working like it's all that's even making you bomb in person more, so just like find some basic stuff like two or three go to's, uh-huh, and just and just work those.
2: Just, just work those. Different punch yeah, bowls. just
1: work those. You're at the punch bowl like, "Man, it was hot today." Or, "Whoa, it was cold today." Or, yeah. you know what I mean?
2: Right.
1: And just work those and then, you know, listen and then go from there with commenting on stuff. And I don't think I don't think forcing funny is good. That's corny. Yes. I think you just talk to someone and it's natural, then if it's natural, it's natural. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
2: I saw, it's not really a meme, but like I follow a lot of therapy accounts on Instagram or like, Why? <gasps> they're the best, Nate. You gotta get Are on they? them.
1: All right, give me two to follow. I'll, okay. I'll, um, therapy accounts?
2: Yeah, well, like, uh, I guess like therapy. Well, no, 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 they're like self healing accounts. They
1: just post memes?
2: No, they're not really memes. They're just kind of like nice graphics. <laughs> <laughs> I call them memes because they're on the internet,
1: but they're okay. not. Okay.
2: Uh, I should. If there's a, th- a therapy meme account, anyone listening, tell me. Because that sounds like something I would love.
1: That's probably TheraMeme.
2: Nice. you like that? I do like that. And you didn't walk in here with it. Not at all. Look at that, folks. You got to listen, Listening guys. matters. <laughs> but the, the, the meme, I'm going to call it a meme. Okay. It said, uh, what's for me will always be for me. What crashes crashes and what flows flows. Like, don't force anything.
1: Mm. It's was like, Yes. What crashes crashes,
2: and what flows will flow.
1: And what flows will flow.
2: So like whatever, but sometimes I get existential and I go, okay, well if everything is just happening, how it's going to happen? Then why do I do anything?
1: Right. And it's, it's like it, I actually have a friend of mine who did uh, an epistemology project. Uh, that's a big word for no reason. <laughs> um, when you like have a, a hypothesis, uh-huh. that's another big word. When you have an idea <laughs> and you just try it. That's an epistle especially when it's a, amongst out in the public with other people. So she basically was like, what I'm going to do for the next month is nothing related to career. Okay. Nothing. I'll just be regular as I could possibly be. I'm not doing I'll stay on the couch if I want to stay on the couch. But I'm not opening my laptop. I'm not responding to anything. Uh-huh. I'm not checking anything. I'm not nothing. Whoa. And, uh, well, she said she would respond, but she's not reaching out to anything. Okay, okay. And so— what she found was things were still in motion. Mm. And some like a couple big, big opportunities came to her without trying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, that's dope.
2: That is very So I guess cool. what will
1: flow will flow. But then on the other hand, I'm like, you would have gotten that stuff and whatever you hustled up to. It's not like the hustle made that right. possible, you know. I don't know. I, my thing is what will flow will flow sounds like somebody who's like, I'm willing to pee anywhere. And I think (laughs) that doesn't sound, I don't know, rolling with the punches is one thing, but just what will happen? That sounds a little bit too like a hippie. Like, I think that your prayers, your wishes, your goals, your aspirations, and your effort towards them deliberately is what creates, I think, the universe, I think... God, I think everything that sees and hears and knows our hearts and minds and our efforts responds to that and gives us exactly what we wanted. You can talk about something you need. I need this. I need this. Gosh, I want this. You could say, you know, dear Lord, please let me find and get this. Like put me in a position to have this, and then go to the grocery store, and somebody walks by you on the phone, like I was just talking about blah 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 blah. And you're like that's it. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Right. Tell me. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, for sure. Here. Wow. Yeah. How does this happen? And you could call it a deity or a theology, or you could just say, you know, the universe respected your effort. Mm -hmm. And I think that, if you're going to flow, is the flow. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. that what will crash will crash stuff. So you don't put any virus guards on your computer. You can prevent, you know what I mean? You don't use turn signals. Right. (laughs) You're just on a bike with no helmet. What will crash will crash. No, 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 no,
2: no. <laughs> no, 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 Slow no, no, your no.
1: ass down and read <laughs> some of these signals and signs and drive safe.
2: I do think that, uh, I think you wrapped it up exactly how I want it to be wrapped up. But before we fully wrap, I want to ask one more piece of advice. Go raw. But from you yeah. to you, mm-hmm. can you give yourself advice from where you are right now for five years ago, you? <sighs>
1: Yeah. What year is that? 2014?
2: 2015? Yeah, fourteen,
1: fifteen. Those two years were the same.
2: <laughs> A lot of my years are the same. It's crazy. The older you get, the, the least, like, years don't matter as much. Time doesn't really matter anymore. Right. It's just like you're running out of it and you want more of it. Yeah. But, like, the years just blend into past yeah, but,
1: then but then there's that time period where you're like i can't wait to be old enough to drink and to do stuff god it's so boring then you get there and you're like i'm about to die <laughs> gosh um advice to me from five years ago like say i had a time machine to go back yeah
2: or like 10 years ago just a younger a younger you
1: mm. what do you
2: wish you knew then that you know now maybe i, wish that's I a knew better the question. things
1: that mattered because I'm a very hard worker and a hustler, and I go get it, Like because I believe what I just finished talking about. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that, you can spin your wheels on things that don't have value to your career. You may have a goal that you're like, I really want that, but do, why? What do you really get from that? And so if I could talk to me five years ago, I would say, make sure that you are doing things that actually have value With your grind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I would say. Stay focused on the things that actually matter.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like listening. Look at that. We all, we're full circle here in this house. Nate, thank you so much for all of your insight. I learned so much, which is my favorite thing to do. Where can people find you on the internet to learn even
1: more? Well, my website is natejacksoncomedy.com. It's going through like an overhaul right now. So social media wise, follow me uh, at Mr. Nate Jackson on Instagram. And I think between the bio on there and the posts that I make, we'll be friends.
2: (laughs) You know? You know? Yeah. I do love that. Tim was right. You are sweet, and funny, and very wise. Thank you for being here. If you guys have a sticky situation or burning concern, call us at 805-751-9071. You give us your age and we'll give you what we can with what we have. See you next week on Just a Tip. Bye! It's too high of an outro.
1: Nah, it was perfect. She was.
2: That was a HeadGum Podcast.